let's all um, close our eyes and I just want to lead us in a prayer. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, plant the seed of your word deep within my heart. Plow the field of my heart. Let it bring forth the harvest. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. For those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Joshua and I'm an evangelist. What that simply means in other terms is I love to tell people what Jesus has done for them. And today I'm standing here today to tell you what, what Jesus has done for you. And if, you, if you're sitting here and you don't know anything about Jesus, you will get a chance to hear what Jesus has done for you. But I will, there will be three things that will be happening today. Number one, I will preach a simple gospel message of what Jesus has done for us. Number two, there will be an opportunity for people to respond either online or in, in, in church here. And there will be an altar call where you can respond to the invitation that Jesus has for you. And number three, I will be praying for those who are sick in this room. But there are four people that I want to talk to, four kinds of people that I want to talk to. Number one, I want to talk to the people who, who've never known about Jesus. And you are here not as a coincidence, but because God has a plan for your life and He wants to speak your word his word to you and he wants to encourage you and he, he wants to give you an opportunity to join the family of Jesus Christ number two I want to talk to people who maybe once went to a church and stopped going to a church a long time ago maybe you've, you've been walking in your own ways in the ways of sin and you've been going in circles looking for answers and you find yourself back here at a church or you find yourself watching, to this, watching this video and I want to Say that God is extending His mercy today towards you as well. And He's going to give you an opportunity for you to respond and turn from your sin. Number three, I, will, I want to talk to those people who know about Jesus. Which honestly, I went to church for many years on end. I knew about Jesus, but I did not know Jesus. There's a difference between reading the Bible and knowing about Jesus... And not that reading the Bible is wrong, but to know Jesus and read His words through the Bible. There's experiential knowledge and there's knowledge itself. Experiential knowledge will always outweigh knowledge itself. Jesus constantly would address the Pharisees because they had head knowledge. The Savior of mankind was standing in front of them. They knew about the law but they could not see Jesus. So I want to encourage you, if that is you today, you've known about Jesus, and you're saying, I'm not like a Pharisee, I, I, I hear you, but do you have experiential knowledge about Jesus Christ? And I'm going to give you an opportunity for you to encounter that Jesus Christ. So I'm excited to talk to you today. And the title for this sermon, and we're kick-starting our Simple Gospel series, so let me hear a round of applause for our Simple Gospel series. We're going to preach this glorious gospel. And even if you've, got, if you've got this card, there are action steps for you to read behind too, so I just wanted to mention that before I forget. These are action steps that you need to do in spite of praying for people because... Sometimes we pray, pray, pray for our family members and never have the courage to actually invite them, to never have the courage to actually share the gospel with them. 
And so we want a complete presentation of the gospel. It starts with intercession and goes on to inviting them to church and whatnot. So make sure you look behind this card as well. The title for today's sermon is The Redeeming Blood of Jesus Christ. I want to talk to you about that word redeemed. That word redeemed means to buy something back. It's, it's, not, it's not to purchase something for the first time, but it's to buy something back. Something that was your possession that was taken away and to buy that very same thing back. That's what that word redeemed means. How many of you love to hear stories? Let me see your hands. Stories are amazing, right? Jesus often spoke in parables or stories to, to reveal a deeper truth through that story. And I'm going to share a story right now real quick, but I want you to try to understand the depth of the story and try to understand the hidden meaning in that story. But there was this pastor and he was living in the outskirts of the city. In fact, he was living in a forest. He loved vegetation. He loved the plants. He loved trees. He loved the flowers, the fruits. So he enjoyed his time in his home in the forest. But not only that, he loved birds. Birds were very special to him. And so every evening he would take bird food, he would take a bunch of seeds, and he would stand outside in his backyard, and he would call these birds by name. And he'd call each bird, and the birds would come and sit in his very own palm and eat the food. He loved those birds, and those birds loved him. They were his own. One day he decided to go to the city, so he went to the city in order to buy some food for the birds. He went to the marketplace, he bought the food, and then he took it back to his home. And that evening he took the bird food, and he went out to feed these birds. He started to call their name, but can you guess what had happened? The birds did not respond. And he was, he was worried and anxious. He called them even more louder. He said, he called them by name, but they did not come. So his heart sank. And he took the food, he put it, and he was anxious. So he decided to go into the forest. And he started to walk. And when he walked through the forest, he called those birds. But there was no sound of those birds. But suddenly... He heard a, a cheep, 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 a chirp of a bird. And he recognized it because he knew it was his bird. So he went across and he looked beyond that tree and he saw something unusual. As he looked across that tree, he saw a little boy with a bird cage. And in that bird cage were all his birds. He was heartbroken. And the little boy was taking a stick and he was poking at these birds. And every time he poked at these birds, the birds would scream, help, help. And so the pastor ran to the boy. He said, boy, what are you doing to these birds? And the boy, he laughed at the man. He said, ha, 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 ha. These are my birds. I like to poke them and hear them squeal and I like to torture them. And so the, the pastor was heartbroken and he said, 
What will you do to these birds afterwards? And so the little boy said, well, I'll take these birds. I'll take them home. I'll pluck out each feather, torture them, and then feed them to my cat. And so this pastor's heart sank. He was very sad. He said, I'll do anything to have these birds back. How much should I pay you to get these birds? And so the boy said, you can't have these birds. If you want these birds, you're going to have to go to the marketplace and buy them or catch them yourself. And so the pastor was heartbroken. He took his, his wallet out and he, he showed his wallet. He said, I'll pay anything. And the boy, when he looked at that wallet, there was $200. And his eyes grew big. And he thought to himself, this is a great business opportunity. He said, well, I see that you have $200. And that's exactly how much these birds cost. And so the boy put his finger into the purse, the wallet, and he took that $200. And even though the pastor knew that the birds weren't worth more than $50, he was glad to pay the $200. He took that bird cage and he was so happy. And he danced along as he ran back home. He put that bird cage down. He, took two, he opened the birdcage and he took two steps back. And one by one, the birds flew out. And they spread their wings. And they started to sing a song. They sang, redeemed, 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 redeemed. They were finally free. If you have your Bibles today, I want you to turn to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18. I'm reading from the New King James Version. First Peter chapter 1, verse 18. This is what the Bible says. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold, from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish or without spot can somebody shout amen in another version it says you are you are redeemed from the empty way that you have inherited from your fathers the average American today spends most of his time making money. An average American goes to his 9 to 5 job with an aspiration maybe in 7 years that in 7 years and after 14,000 hours of hard work that one day he can buy a house maybe even get married and even have a dog. And then seven more years and after 14,000 hours, he says, let me have children, get a bigger house, a bigger car, and maybe a boat. This is the American dream. 
28,000 hours to get materialistic things to satisfy their souls. I want to ask you a question today. What have you been redeemed from? Some would say, I've been redeemed from sin, which is true. Let me go to this side. What have you been redeemed from? Some of you might say, I've been redeemed from death, which is true. I may ask you today, what have you been redeemed from? And you might say, I've been redeemed from my addictions and from my shame. And that is absolutely true. But that's not what the Bible says in this verse. The Bible says you have been redeemed from the empty life that you have been inherited from your fathers. An empty life. This American dream that most of the, the average American chases, chases after is an empty life that was inherited by, from their fathers. Ephesians 5 and 16 says, Redeeming the time because the days are evil. And Ecclesiastics chapter 3 verse 11 says, God has put eternity inside our hearts. And that's why, my friends, there are many people out there today who recognize that God has put eternity on their heart. There's something about death that does not sit well with us. We know there's something more. There's got to be something more. Some people want to live after they die and therefore they, they try to have a legacy. An average American would try to pass down his inheritance as a house maybe for instance. Maybe someone else would, li would like to write a book so that long after he's dead, his book will still be there. Or maybe another American would pass down a family heirloom. All because there's something on the inside of man that wants to live past this life. On July 25th, 2009, two famous people passed away. Farrah Fawcett, an actress, winning the People's Choice Award, and Michael Jackson passed away on the same day. Michael Jackson having the all-time best-selling album. And all the news channels, ABC, NBC, CNN, all these news channels are covering about their life and the meaning of their life. But how many of you understand, in the view of eternity, their lives were meaningless. They were extremely good at their skill, no doubt. They had many followers and a huge following. But in the eyes of eternity, there was no impact. With money you can buy a house, but you cannot buy a home. With money you can buy a clock, but not time. With money you can buy a bed, but you cannot buy sleep. With money you can buy food, but not an appetite. With money you can even afford a good doctor or buy a doctor, but not good health. 
With money you can buy insurance for your life, but not safety. What have we been redeemed from? We have been redeemed from an empty life that has been handed over to us. My friend, people have eternity in their hearts and they decide to build a house and pass it down the generation. Only to know that one day along that same generation, somebody sells that house. My friend, someone else writes a book to pass down their name after they, 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 they die and pass away. But one day that book will be sitting on a shelf collecting dust. Maybe you even pass down a family heirloom, something with sentimental value over the generations, only till someday along the line, that very sentimental artifact being sold at a yard sale for a couple of dollars. You have been redeemed from the empty way of life. But what were you redeemed by? We spoke about what you were redeemed from, but what were you redeemed by? You were redeemed by what the word says, by something which is far greater than even gold or silver. I want you to think with me now. Imagine I had a brick of gold or a brick of silver. I bury it in the ground. And a thousand years later, Someone else buries and finds this gold brick. It's still going to be gold. It's not going to be corrupted so easily. But the Bible says that silver or gold, even though they're pure, they can still get corrupted. But there's something far greater that cannot be corrupted. It, can, it lasts a thousand, in fact, tens of thousands of years. It's the blood of Jesus that is not corrupted. Amen. It says in again that 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 18, Knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold. They were not corrupt, you were not redeemed by silver or gold. But you were redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus Christ as of a lamb without spot or blemish. If you won the lottery and God gave you a million dollars, you would be really happy. You would spend that money to buy a big house, buy a jet, buy a car, I don't know, just fancy life. But how many of you understand that God owns the cattle on a thousand field? God owns planets and galaxies and stars. He is the creator. He is the one who spoke the word and it became creation. With the mere word, it became creation. When God owns everything in the first place, it wouldn't cost God anything to give you that money if he wanted to. But it cost God everything to purchase your soul. It cost heaven, God himself, Jesus Christ, to step down 
to take on the form of a man, to walk this earth with pure blood that was incorruptible. And with his blood, and because he shed his blood on that cross, you might be sitting here and you might be thinking, I don't know what Jesus did for me. I've heard people say Jesus died for my sin, but this is what it actually means. That he shed his incorruptible blood for your corrupted blood as an exchange so that you can give him your sin and he can give you his righteousness. And when you stand in front of God, you are blameless and pure because you've been washed by the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. The most precious substance in the entire world. The blood of Jesus. Which is the only substance which has the ability to forgive sin. The blood of Jesus. At the drop of the blood of Jesus, every sick body is healed. And every demon has to flee. The blood of Jesus. That breaks every yoke. The blood of Jesus who washes us clean. The blood of Jesus is the most powerful substance in the entire world. You might go to a doctor and you might tell the doctor, Doctor, I have a, I have a stomach upset. And he might prescribe to you a medicine. And he might start getting better, but all of a sudden you, you, you feel a headache. And then you go back to the doctor and doctor say, Doctor, I, you gave me medication, but I, I have a headache. And the doctor gives you another medication. And now the headache is, you, the headache's gone, but you have a back pain. Because God, the doctor is prescribing medication that has side effects. But unlike medication prescribed by doctor, there is one great physician who paid an ultimate price with his blood. And his blood does not have any side effect. His blood has the power to set you and I free. Remember I spoke about what money can't buy? But let me tell you what the blood of Jesus can buy. The blood of Jesus can give you a home. The blood of Jesus can redeem your time. The blood of Jesus can give you peaceful sleep. The blood of Jesus can give you health. The blood of Jesus can give you safety. Can somebody shout an amen? There is power in the blood of Jesus. In a couple of minutes I will be closing, but I'm going to give you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus, to be washed by this precious blood. Remember I told you the story of that pastor who loved his birds, who fed his birds every day. That pastor is an image of who God is. God is the one who created you in his own image. He named you. As a matter of fact, God knows every hair on your head. He's counted it. You are God's precious. He loved you and he formed you in the first place. But somewhere along the road, just like that little boy caught those birds. Satan came and trapped you in sin. And you were caught in sin. And you were trapped. 
And you were flying in circles living that life. Going from one person to another looking for love maybe. Being broken with addiction on the other side maybe. Being depressed and anxious about life maybe because the, the cage of sin is pressing in on you. But not just that, the enemy is poking at you. How many of you understand that you cannot escape that cage of sin by yourself? You cannot escape that cage of sin by yourself. You need a savior. And Jesus came running just like that pastor went running. He says this in a parable. In the prodigal son, when the son came back home after the son had lived a life of sin, the father went running. Jesus came for you. Even though in your eyes you thought, I'm not worth a lot. I'm a broken person. My life isn't worth much. I'm a nobody. People don't even see my pain. I cry myself to sleep every day. In spite of that, Jesus paid with the most expensive substance in the history of mankind. He paid with his own blood, the precious blood of Jesus Christ, so that he could set you free from the bondage of sin. To set you free from the bondage of sin. And his presence is here. I feel him right on the stage with me. He's here and he wants to save you. He wants to save you more than you want to be saved. That's why he shed his blood for you. And just like those birds who sang the song Redeemed. You too, in a minute, you'll get a chance for you to respond to the altar call where you yourself will sing a new song. You will sing that song, Redeemed, Redeemed, Redeemed. I want to close by sharing this story. But before I share that story, I want to talk to you about my life. You see... I went to church most of my life, especially when I was a young boy and through my teenage years. I knew about God, but I did not know God. I knew about Jesus, but I did not know Jesus. You can go to all the Sunday school you want, and you can have head knowledge, and that was me. In my early teenage years, I was addicted to pornography and lust. I was broken. I had anger issues. I would lie and cheat. And I was notorious in my school. As a matter of fact, if you talk to my school friends today, they will be shocked to see the man that I am. Not to say that I'm good, but to say that his blood washed me. His blood was enough for me. I was sitting there just like you. And even I was sometimes skeptical about what I was hearing. But my heart was speaking a different language. My heart was telling me this is true. And the reason why it was doing that was because God was talking to my heart. God speaks heart knowledge. He speaks to your heart. Because the power of the heart is so powerful. Your head can only take you this far. But your heart can take you a long way further. I want to close with this story. 
There was once a man. He lived in a big house. He had 10 rooms in his house. And he heard a violent knock. It wasn't so violent. It was actually a gentle knock. And so he, he goes to the door and he opens the door and he sees Jesus Christ. And Jesus sees him and they both smile at each other. They give a hug and he invites him into his home. And he takes Jesus, come Jesus, come. He takes him to the biggest room of the house. It has a jacuzzi, it has the master bed, it has so much room, it has everything. And he says, Jesus, this is your room. And Jesus being a gentleman that he is, he says, yes son, and he goes to that room. And that night, something unusual happens. He hears a violent knock. And the man's thinking, who is this? And he tries to open the door and peek. And before he could peek, he realizes it's the devil. The devil slams the door open and comes inside the house. And that entire night, the devil tortures the man. And he's screaming for help. Jesus, help me, help me. But no answer. So the next day, he, he sees Jesus coming down that second floor. And he says, Jesus, where were you? I called you, you didn't answer. And Jesus said, well, you gave me the best room, I was there. And he said, okay, okay, Jesus, I hear you. Let me do this. I'm going to give you the entire upper floor. All five rooms are yours. It's all yours, Jesus. And so that night, again, there's a violent knock. And he's scared, he's trembling because he knows it's the devil. Before he could even put his hand on the knob, the door was flung open and the devil walks in and the devil, devil begins to torment him. Nobody sees his pain. The devil torments him all night long. And he's screaming for help, but there's no answer. And next day Jesus walks down and he says, Jesus, where were you? And then he said, Jesus said, well, you gave me five rooms. I was there. And in the end, he said, okay, Jesus, I'll give you nine rooms. Nine rooms are yours. I'll keep one room. But in that one room, there are things that are there that if you see it, you will not love me anymore. There are things that are so deep and dark that nobody even knows about it. Only I can be in that room. So that night he's sitting, he's shaking because he knows the devil's coming. The devil knocks on the window this time of that room and enters that room, that very same room. And he torments this man the entire night and before morning the devil leaves. Then he's broken this man. He goes to Jesus. He said, I give up. Jesus, I give up. And Jesus said, son, let me tell you what you should do. He says, why don't you give me the title deed to your house? And so that son, that man says, okay. They sign off on the title deed. Jesus takes ownership. And Jesus is, he owns that house now. 
And so this man can't wait to see what happens that night. That night the enemy, again, there's a violent knock on the front door. And he's trembling that man and he's going to open that door. And he puts his hand on the doorknob, but then he hears a tap on the back. The tap of Jesus Christ. And Jesus says, Son, this is not your house anymore. This is my house. Get behind me. And he moves the man behind him. And he moves that man behind him. And then the devil opens the door and he realizes it's Jesus. And the devil's a little confused now. He looks at Jesus. He looks at that door number, that house number. He said something's not matching up. I know that house number. Something's not matching up. It's Jesus. So he gets scared. He gets scared. He bows down and he runs away. My friends, I want you to stand to your feet right now. I want you to stand to your feet right now. This is a holy moment. This is a precious moment. I feel Jesus standing next to me. He's here. I want to right now ask you an important question. Right now, if you've never known Jesus Christ, and this is the first time you're hearing about what Jesus really did on the cross, and if you want the blood of Jesus to wash you from all your sin and forgive you, if you want to repent and turn from your sin and follow Jesus Christ, this is the opportunity. This is what the simple gospel is all about. If that is you right now, without, with every eye open, I want you to raise up your hand right now. If that is you, anyone in this building, I see you. If there's anyone else in this building, is there anybody else in this building? Raise your hand high. Nobody else will be there when you go back. Only Jesus can go back home with you. Raise your hand. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? Keep your hands raised. Keep your hands raised. We have an altar worker who will come and find you. There are two, three hands over there. Please go there, altar workers. And if that is you, there's one more hand here. If that, if that is you, I want you. And there's one more hand here. Thank you for saying yes to Jesus. There's one more hand there. I see you. I see you. I see you. Altar workers, I want you to find them and I want you to lovingly bring them forward with love and compassion. Come to this altar. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. This is a place of your freedom. This is a place of your freedom. This is a place of your redemption. This is the place where you will be washed with the blood of Jesus. Give a round of applause. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to talk to the second group of people. If you used to go to church and maybe you even came to this church, you knew about Jesus, but you've never known Jesus. I want to give you a chance to turn from your sin and repent. This altar is the place of your freedom. Something in your heart is saying, I want God back. If that is you, I want you, actually all of you, in the congregation, I want you to ask your neighbor, do you need Jesus Christ and you again? Go ahead, ask your neighbor. 
If there's anybody who needs Jesus and they don't have courage to come forward, I want you to raise your hand, number one. Is there anybody who's backslidden, who wants to, I see you, 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 I see you. Can we get more altar workers to come forward? Please come forward. This is your place of your freedom. Please come forward. I see you. Please come forward. Please come forward. Please come forward. Come forward. There's more room. Make room. Make room. Make room. Make room. Come forward. Jesus is here. Jesus is come to Jesus. 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 And this is a holy moment. I feel like there's still somebody. The Holy Spirit's telling me there's somebody. Is there anybody else? Do not miss this opportunity. Is there anybody? If that is you, raise your hand high. Something supernatural is happening here. I feel the presence of Jesus. I'm telling you. He's here. The power of His blood is here. And right now, I want all of you in the front who's at the altar to close your eyes. This is between you and Jesus. Your neighbor doesn't matter now. Your neighbor doesn't matter. Focus on Jesus. I want you to repeat this prayer after me and mean it with all your heart please do because Jesus means it with all his blood I want you to repeat this prayer it's not the prayer that will save you it's Jesus so pray to him so don't just repeat the prayer pray to Jesus say dear Lord Jesus I give you my life you see the pain. You see every hidden room in my heart. I recognize that the blood of Jesus has the power to wash me and forgive me. Wash me right now, God, and forgive me of every sin. Set me free from every addiction. Make me a new creature today. Jesus, I believe. You died on the cross. You were buried in the grave. And you rose up on the third day. I make you my Lord and Savior today. Today is a new day. I am born again today. Now real quick, keep your eyes closed. Jesus will touch you and you will experience Jesus now. Just keep your eyes closed. I want you to repeat these words after me. Say, Holy Spirit of Jesus. Let me experience Jesus. Right now. Just wait, He will fill you. You will feel the touch of Jesus in your heart. If you feel like crying, don't hold it back. 
If you feel something happening on the inside, just let it loose. Just release control for the first time. He's filling you right now. From your head, I see it. He's filling you right now. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Touch from the Holy Spirit. Touch of 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 the Holy Spirit. Touch. 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 touching you don't this is the most important part don't move from here let him touch you but right now if there's anybody in this room and anyone watching online if you need healing in your body I want you to raise one hand up if you need healing in your body just raise one hand I see you I see hands going up everywhere the power of Jesus is here to heal you as well the power of Jesus is here to heal you as well Keeping that one hand raised, put your other hand in the place where you need healing. If you have a stomach pain, put it on your stomach. If you have heart issues, put it on your heart. If your leg's hurting, put it on, put it on your leg. If, if every part of your body's hurting, put it on your hand. Lift up one hand and put the other hand on your head. And we're going to worship again now for just one quick moment. You cry out to Jesus. Jesus will heal you. So let's just worship again that same chorus. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely. All together worthy. All in Jesus' mighty name. I plead the blood of Jesus over every disease. In the mighty name of Jesus, every spirit of infirmary, leave them in Jesus' name. Leave them in Jesus' name. All pain go in Jesus' name. I take authority over every sickness. I command you in the mighty name of Jesus to leave loose in Jesus' mighty name. Loose in Jesus' mighty name. 
right now, if you feel like God is touching you, or if you feel like God touched you, if you had pain in your body, I want you to test it. Move your body, move your back, check your legs, check your arms, shoulders, wherever you had pain in your body. If you are feeling the touch of God, check. You will be surprised that God has healed you. Is there anybody in this place who Jesus has healed? If Jesus has healed you, and if only you feel the difference, I want you to raise your hand. I see you, sir. I see you. I see you. Jesus is healing people all over this place right now. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. We're going to continue worshiping, but I kindly request you, for those of you who are not at the altar, I feel like God is still ministering at the altar. And after you feel like God is done ministering to you, I want you to find a altar workers and they will take you to another room. We have a gift to give you and to bless you. But God is touching you. Stay here as long as it takes. And for those of you who are here, thank you for coming. God bless you. But we're going to continue worshiping for God to continue to touch people. But if you feel like God has touched you, I want you to go with the count, with the altar workers to the other room. So let's worship. Let's worship in Jesus' mighty name. God bless you all.